from iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. This is episode 255. We are on a roll right now. We have a lot of podcasts coming out, a lot of cool content coming out. But today we have a very special episode on this Friday. We have the, you know, the little preview to SmackDown because we have a huge SmackDown tonight. But also, I'm going to be talking to you a little about AEW. You know, last night on the Circle of the Debate, we talked about AEW Dynamite, but there's a lot of shit that's going down in AEW backstage, no pun intended, and I'll talk about why, that I think that needs to change. And we also could see more changes coming to AEW that could benefit AEW. I'm going to tell you what I think they need. Also, we're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling, which in my opinion is the best kept secret right now in professional wrestling. A lot of people think that Impact Wrestling is dead. It definitely is not. And I'm going to talk about a great episode of Impact Wrestling from last night. But before we get into the show, make sure you hit that subscribe button here on the Circle of Debate. We have another episode of Top 5 tonight where we'll be talking about the Top 5 Kane moments, so you don't want to miss that. 
Also, go to Instagram and follow at Wrestling DeLorean Pod and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Also, make sure you go to Manscaped.com. Shout out to our sponsors at Manscaped.com. Go there and use the promo code DeLorean for 20% off all site-wide, no matter what it is, no matter the price of the item that you need, you could get 20% off on Manscaped.com by using the promo code DeLorean. Big shout-out to Manscaped. Big shout-out to all my fans who, you know, made this happen for me. So I really appreciate you guys. But, yeah, go take advantage of that promo code. Shout-out to my boy Tim King in the chat already. What's good, brother? I appreciate you being here, man. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's, let's talk about AEW. I thought AEW was a really good show. And it started out with the debut of Renee Paquette, which I thought was a great, great place for her to land. Especially, you know, her her man is already there. So she gets to travel with her husband. That's all cool and all that. But Renee brings a sense of professionalism that I think AEW needs. And I think that that's awesome that they will have her as like the backstage correspondent. That's that's a great role for her. She always fit in that role perfectly. Um. I was never too big of a fan of her on commentary, so I'm glad that she is not just jumping right into the commentary team. But definitely, the, the role that she had in WWE where she was the backstage uh, announcer and the backstage interviewer, I think that that's perfect for her. But definitely cool to see Renee Paquette there. Um, and yeah, as you can see from the thumbnail here, Also a double entendre because I'm actually going to talk about the AEW backstage scene. And I think that we need some change in AEW. And it's all starting with the top. It all starts at the top. And the tippy top is Tony Khan. And I'm going to tell you why. I feel like lately we've been seeing some real lazy booking going on in AEW. And that is, in my opinion, due to burnout because Tony Khan has his hands on everything. Tony Khan is booking AEW. He's running Ring of Honor. He's what's called running the Jaguars. He's got uh, Manchester United or whoever, Fulham. I, I forgot what team he runs in uh, UK, the soccer team. He, he's got his hands on everything and he's wearing thin, in my opinion. This is why we see... Lazy booking for the women. This is why we see lazy booking sometimes for the men. This is why we see corny storylines that have very little behind it. This is why we see no threads throughout the show. This is why we see very little cliffhanger endings. This is why we see a lot of shit that's becoming stale because it's the same old, same old with AEW. And this is coming from somebody who's a huge AEW fan. So I do not want to see AEW in this current state. Yes, they put on a great show on Wednesday. But if you look at some of the storylines, it's so basic. It's so just like elementary. It's kind of lazy. And it's when I'm talking about lazy, I'm especially talking about the women's division. I'm talking about how the women, they, they get one or two segments of show, no storyline. And they're all like multi-women multi matches where they just throw as much women as they can in the match because they try to get them all booked. And it's fucking lazy. The storylines for the title, they've never been intriguing, especially the last couple months. I mentioned that last night on the Circle Debate. If you look at Thunder Rosa's title reign, Thunder Rosa, every time she was in a feud, there was no intrigue to her story. There was no creativity to her story beyond the fact that, hey, I'm a better wrestler than you and I want to be the champion or I'm ranked to be the next contender for the champion. And the worst was, in my opinion, before she got in injured, and she was going to have Tony Storm challenge her for the title, 
where Tony Storm just said, hey, I want a title shot. And Thunder Rosa was like, I'll think about it. And then next week they were like, oh, well, let's do it. That's literally your storyline for the women and the women's title going into a pay-per-view. Like that shit is lazy. There's no creativity there. And people want to compare the WWE and AEW. Like there's actual competition. And I am, like I said, I'm a huge AEW fan, but I call, I call a spade a spade. There is no competition, especially when it comes to the creative department. Some of the storylines that the WWE is putting out right now are fresh and the most creative shit that we've seen in a very long time. Look at the shit that they're doing with Bray Wyatt. Look at the shit they're doing with Sami Zayn. Look at the shit that they're doing with Alpha Academy. Look at the shit that they're doing with Dexter Loomis and The Miz. And then if you want to even talk about the women, the shit that they're doing with damage control is very creative. But then you look at AEW's women division and it's just, oh, well, I want a title shot. Oh, I am ranked on the uh, ranking. So I get a title shot. And that's the main storylines going into the pay-per-views. That shit irks the shit out of me because you have so much talent in that women's division and you will never know because they're not given the opportunity to showcase their talents. They're not given the opportunity to showcase their character. They're not given the opportunity on the mic to actually talk their shit and actually get over with the crowd. So no wonder you see visibly on television, whenever there's a women's match, you see a bunch of people get up from their seat and go to the fucking concession stands. That's fucking sad. I, it was clear at AEW's uh, grand slam in New York. When that women's four-way match came on, that match was a banger. But you could clearly see people getting out of their seats and going to the concessions or to the bathroom. That's sad to me. And that's not the women's fault. That's Tony Khan's fault. And I'm going to tell you why it's Tony Khan's fault. Because Tony Khan cannot book all this shit himself. He has the people backstage. He has creative minds backstage like William Regal and fucking Dean Malenko. You have a bunch of creative minds backstage. Why not delegate some of the fucking duties that you have and give it to some people who could actually keep shit fresh? That's the shit that I don't get. But let me, let me, let me, what's called? Get to these uh, comments here. Shout out to the boss. We got Ivan. Thank you very much for joining my brother. De Niro is live. Banger, 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 banger. Shout out to the banger of podcast, Tim King. But yeah, so that, that's my main problem. And I'm starting to see some of that shit, not just in the women's division, but I'm seeing some of that shit in the men's division too. Like, all right, the whole Sterling, Mark Sterling copywriting scissor me thing, like that was like, all right, it was funny, haha. But is this really the storyline that you have for your tag team champions right now? The top storyline for your tag team champions is they can't use their catchphrase because some crooked lawyer is trademarking their catchphrase like is this the most creative we could get here is there nothing else we have in mind here this is fucking elementary protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the united states supreme court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered from iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... 
I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is... I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is stupid. If you remember, AEW was supposed to be a sports-like feel. It was supposed to have a sports-like product. And now we're going to rely on elementary-style fucking booking. And that, that shit's stupid to me. Tim King says, As much as I love AEW, they were never competition because it's all about the money. WWE is on a whole other level still. Tim also says, because they don't know how to book champions. It's awful. And Tim, I cannot agree more. The storylines in AEW are very, very simple. Very cut and dry. Very black and white. And that's cool. But you could just see how when you give wrestlers creative storylines and storylines that can really sink their teeth in how much better the product gets. The show I feel is suffering because the show has no threads throughout it. I love the fact that on WWE television on raw this past week, you had the bloodline start out the show. Then you see some dissension between uh, Jay and Sammy and Roman Reigns in the middle of the show. Then you got Sammy in the main event. So you have a continuous thread throughout the show. You have a continuous story to look forward to throughout the show and see how it plays out, like episodic television. In AEW, you have an opening segment, and then that's the last you see of them. You have segment, 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 but none of these segments connect. None of these segments are 
going to be a thread that goes out throughout the show. And there is very, very few times you get a cliffhanger ending that says, oh, wow, that's crazy. I got to tune into the next week's episode. This is where I feel WWE is leaps and bounds better than AEW. They have shit that is compelling to keep you watching throughout the show, where AEW just has a bunch of segments thrown in like a fucking buffet. And that's what it is. It's a buffet. There's very, like, WWE, they give you that three-course meal where you're waiting for the next thing, where AEW's the buffet, so it's like, I'll have a little bit of this, I'll have a little bit of that, I'll have a little bit of that. And yes, it's the alternative, so I agree that it should be different than the WWE, but also, if you're going to be the alternative and book your show differently than the WWE, then Tony Khan needs to shut the fuck up about the WWE and stop talking shit like he's trying to compete with the WWE. Because when you try to compete with the WWE and you're not even on their level and you continue talking shit like you're better than the WWE, then you just come off like a fucking idiot. And that's just the way it is. And like I said, once again, I want to preference this. I am not an AEW hater. I'm just trying to call out the holes in the product that I see. And I'm not even talking... I'm not even going to begin talking about the backstage drama and all the fucking shit that's constantly going down. People fighting, open investigations, fucking immature wrestlers who have to go on Twitter and fucking air out all their grievances. People who don't want to be there. Like, I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the on-air product. The on-air product, I feel, is good, but could only be sustained for so long with some of the holes that I see in its booking. Tim says, great analogy. I, I appreciate that, man. I, I really... I really feel like they they need something that's going to keep fans compelled throughout the show. And I don't see it. I don't see nothing. Like, you get it occasionally. You get it occasionally. And also, something that I've noticed, and it may be me, you know, reaching a little bit, but I want to know in the chat if you people, if you guys know this as well, if you notice that AEW seems like they don't have confidence in their product. AEW does not have confidence, not only in their product, but they don't have confidence in their own roster because they very little have surprise matches that are not announced. Very little is there a segment like you have a guy come out, call out a wrestler and, hey, let, I want you in a match right here, right now. You know what I mean? That's very rare that that happens. We got that recently with Brian Danielson and Matt Menard, but it's very, very rare that that happens. The only other time where that happened was CM Punk and uh, I believe it was CM Punk and John Moxley versus FTR was booked in the first segment of the show. That was the only other time that happened. That's four years going on of television and only two times where you book a match that was not already announced before the show. That tells me that they do not have confidence in people tuning into this show unless you know what you're in tune for. I like the fact that there's times where I don't know what the main event is for WWE. I like the fact that I have to tune in and see what the opening segment and the story that's going to be told on the show to know what the main event's going to be. There's times where when you know AEW is only going to book this match, that match, that match, and that match, and they always announce it before the show, there's times where it's like, all right, if that card does not look stacked, it, people might just say, hey, you know, this one's skippable. This one, you know, I don't need to watch. Like, I see their card right here, and I'm not interested. Where if they kept it to some matches to a surprise, like I'm not mad at them announcing matches, but if you kept some matches to a surprise, people might say, Hey, like I'm not too interested in some of the, like the two or three matches they announced, but it's a two hour show. I'm sure there's going to be more matches. They got to tune in and see what's going to go on and what's going to go down. They don't do that. 
And I feel like that's a lack of confidence in their product. They feel like if they don't announce everything that's going to be on that show, they feel like people won't tune in. But that's just me. I don't know. I may be reaching there. That's just the way my brain works. That's what I'm thinking when I think and I see AEW announce full match cards and full segments before the show even goes on air. But AEW, like I said, nonetheless had a good show. I, I did like the uh, segment between John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page. We mentioned last night in the Circle of Debate that Hangman Adam Page punching himself in the head reminded me a lot of Ric Flair's segment with Mick Foley and TNA Impact. Um, the only thing I did not like about that segment was the fact that you had you had MJF in the crowd distracting the people when you had fucking uh, Hangman Page cutting a hell of a promo. And Hangman Page right now is still trying to recover from some of the fucking, you know, badgering that CM Punk gave him and some of like the his name getting drawn through the mud. He's still trying to recover from that. And you had a great promo that could have got the people behind him, but instead you distract the people with MJF in the crowd and everybody is looking at MJF. And then after MJ, after Hangman Page cuts this incredible promo, he's walking out the ring and the fans are chanting for MJF. Why wouldn't you have MJF maybe come afterwards or fucking, you know, I don't know. I just feel like that took away from Hangman's promo that really was an amazing promo. I could have seen the crowd. If, if MJF was not involved with that, I could have seen the crowd chanting cowboy shit and chanting for Hangman and really getting behind him. But instead, you distracted them with MJF. But nonetheless, amazing, amazing, amazing promo work from John Moxley and Hangman Page. And on this Tuesday's Dynamite, it is going to be on Tuesday, not Wednesday, in Cincinnati, Ohio. I feel like that matchup is going to be a motherfucking banger. Hangman and John Moxley are going to put on a show, and I cannot wait for that matchup. I also was a huge fan of the Ring of Honor World Title matchup between John, between uh, Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho. That was a phenomenal matchup as well. And the fact that you had Daniel Garcia turn on Brian Danielson was an amazing moment, I feel. I also was talking about this last night with Ivan on Circle of Debate. I don't think that he's actually going to be with the Jericho Appreciation Society either. I feel like this might set up a three-way. Because if you look at um, the mannerisms of Daniel Garcia after he turned on Brian Danielson, it wasn't like he was gloating. He wasn't really happy. He looked at that world title afterwards that Jericho was holding like, yeah, I'm next. So maybe this leads to a three-way matchup. Hopefully when Ring of Honor is on the air and not getting lost in the shuffle of an AEW event, but I would be all for a three-way matchup where you crown the new face of Ring of Honor in Daniel Garcia by beating the former face of Ring of Honor in Brian Danielson and the Ring of Honor champion in Chris Jericho. I think that that would be amazing. Um, and also the main event, shout out to Orange Cassidy who won the belt from uh, the All-Atlantic World Champions from PAC, which was an amazing matchup, well-deserved. Uh, Orange Cassidy has been putting on amazing matches this year, very underappreciated, and him and PAC always have great matches. I feel like it was the right thing to do to reward Orange Cassidy with a victory here and with the title. His first, uh, his first taste of gold in AEW. Definitely a great matchup and a great way to end the show. But nonetheless, like I said, good show from AEW. I just hope that some of the holes that I see in the product start to fix itself. And I just hope that Tony Khan 
kind of releases his death grip on the fucking booking and, you know, delegates some roles to some of the creative minds that he has backstage and his coaches. Because, like I said, he has some real creative minds back there working with him. Why not use them? Tim says, wasn't sure why he announced uh, Renee 30. Minutes before the show, didn't get that. He did. I didn't see. I didn't know that. I didn't know that he announced it. I was on the uh, podcast on Wednesday at seven and we finished right before AEW. So I didn't see no uh, announcements. But if he announced it beforehand and took away from that surprise, then that's just stupid. Like that. That's the shit that I'm talking about. Like. Every time, like every time you had a debut or a surprise, Tony Khan is talking about, oh, we have a big surprise for you this week. or We have a big surprise tonight. Like. Do you not have the confidence that people are going to tune in and be surprised anyway? Do you have to set it up for them to them to tune in? That's the shit that's like, yo, I don't think he has the confidence that people will be tuning into AEW unless he's telling you everything you're going to get on the show. And if you're constantly saying that you have a big surprise, it's not a surprise anymore. If you expect surprises, it's not a surprise. But... Anyway, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about Impact Wrestling from last night. Great episode. A real crowded World Heavyweight title picture for Impact Wrestling. And I'm very excited. So we're going to be talking all about a great episode of Impact when we come back. But first, here's a message from our sponsors. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day... Your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Three Falls Brands is a DOI merch company that provides original artwork on shirts, hats, 
stickers, and pins. Three Falls, WrestlePunk merch for the masses. Check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme, Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV and sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Extreme Francine sent you. It's the man, the king, the god of this shit. Nick fucking Gage. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Bloc. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy. My gang member, Mike DeNiro. And Mike... I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you, like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike, and I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love, that's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarain podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. To so go check out the Delarain Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain Podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking, they're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday and Friday and you know what it is it's MDK all fucking dead and Mike I would love to be on your podcast again man welcome back to the show ladies and gentlemen we're about to get into impact wrestling from this past Thursday yesterday um I thought it was a very good show and a very good way to set the table for the post you know Bound for Glory and going into Hard to Kill. Right now, the world title picture is very, very stacked because Bully Ray is the guy who won the Call Your Shot Battle Royal. So he's next in line. But at the end of Bound for Glory, remember, it was Bully Ray who helped Josh Alexander from the attack from uh, Honor No More. 
And basically, the story going into Impact Wrestling was that all the wrestlers, all the boys in the back are warning Josh Alexander that Bully Ray is not to be trusted. Bully Ray would stab him in the back. He would stab his own mother in the back. He has no problems fucking, you know, being the heel, the ultimate heel, as we've seen throughout Bully Ray's career in ECW, WWE, and CNA. So right now you have Bully Ray trying to convince Josh Alexander that he's here. He's going to be righting the wrongs of his career. He doesn't want to be the guy that everybody talks down upon or has something bad to say or leaves a bad taste in their mouth. He wants to be the guy that people actually want to, you know, respect, show respect for because he is a part of the greatest tag team in the world. He's a former two-time world heavyweight champion and he's a two-time Hall of Famer. So he said he's going to do it right this time. He said, this time I'm not going to stab anybody in their back. I'm going to tell you straight up, you'll see me a mile away coming for your world title. I'm not going to cash this in like Moose did when he fucking took you out right in front of your wife and kid. I'm going to do this the right way. This leads to Steve Macklin coming out, who, by the way, I feel he should have won that whole battle royal. And I know Tim, he agrees, too. We talked about this on Monday. Steve Macklin comes out and says, are we really going to trust the guy who fucking ran the aces and eights? Are we really going to trust the guy who wanted to take down this whole company and take it away from Dixie Carter? Are we really going to trust the guy who turned his back on everybody? So Steve Macklin's talking his shit. Then we have Moose come out. Moose wants a title shot. By the way, Steve Macklin also said that, what do I have to do for a title shot? I beat former world champions. I've won the barbed wire massacre against Sammy Callahan and Moose. What else do I have to do? Then you had Moose come out, and Moose says that he patterns a lot of his scumbaggery off of the Bully Ray career. He said he used it as a roadmap to get to the top like he currently is. So not only is Moose also vying for a world title shot, but then out comes Bobby Fish, who is a new member of the Impact roster. I don't know if he's signed full-time. I don't know if this is just a per-appearance deal, but Bobby Fish says, as all these guys try to come out and say who's next in line, I'm going to go right to the horse's mouth, and I'm going to tell you, Josh Alexander, I want a world title shot tonight. So we have, in the main event, Josh Alexander versus Bobby Fish for the Impact Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion, and this matchup was a banger. I loved the styles and how they mesh so well between Bobby Fish and Josh Alexander. The amateur-style wrestling versus the Muay Thai kickboxing of Bobby Fish. This was great, great, great action. Not to jump right into the main event, but this was amazing. I really, really love how good Impact Wrestling has been lately and putting on so many bangers of matches week in and week out on free television. Um, Great matchup. In the end, though, it was the C4 spike from Josh Alexander onto Bobby Fish for him to retain his Impact Wrestling World Champion. And then the show ends with another challenger in the wake because Kazarian comes out with his newly won X Division title and says he's going to hand over the X Division title and he's going to choose option C. Option C means you could cash in your X Division title for a world heavyweight title shot. So not only is Bobby Fish getting a title shot, not only is Macklin, Bully Ray, and Moose also wanting a title shot, but Kazarian is now also getting a world title shot. This is a very, very, very crowded main event 
uh, scene for Impact Wrestling. And I think that's awesome because some of these matches are very, very intriguing. You'll have a first-time ever matchup between Macklin and Josh Alexander when you eventually get to that, which I feel should be at the pay-per-view. I hope we don't get a long build towards Bully Ray getting a title shot and put that on pay-per-view. I would rather see that on free television and then Macklin gets the shot at Hard to Kill. Um, I'm assuming Kazarian is getting his title shot at one of the Impact Wrestling live specials on uh, Fight TV and Impact Plus. Like one of those like Victory Roads and all those other like free specials that they have on like every other Saturday. Um, As for Moose, I don't see how Moose could even ask for a title shot at this point. Moose lost against Sam Callahan. Moose lost in the barbed wire massacre against Steve Macklin. And then Moose lost the uh, call your shot battle Royal. So how could Moose even put his name in the hat for a title shot? But I guess he figures, you know, why not? You know, everyone else is asking for a title shot. Why not ask for a title shot? Um, But yeah, man, this fucking main event scene is stacked right now. Something that's sad to see, though, is there's a lot of wrestlers in Impact Wrestling who are going to be no longer with the company after this taping because you have Deanna Perazu and Chelsea Green, whose contract is expiring. You have Matt Taven, Vincent, Mike Bennett, and Maria, whose contract expired. Um, like I said, I don't know if Bobby Fish is full-time. Um, I, I don't think he did sign to Impact Wrestling. I think he's just doing a per-appearance deal. But just the talent that I just named right now, that is a lot of talent. Deanna Perazu, in my opinion, the best women's wrestler. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
wrestler right now not in the WWE. Someone who didn't really get a shot in the WWE. Someone who was on NXT, brought up to the main roster for a cup of coffee, and it was fucking released like a couple weeks later. Same thing with Chelsea Green. Chelsea Green got called up to the main roster, was released a couple weeks later. She's very, very talented. I would love to see Chelsea Green back in the WWE. Um, people like Vincent, I don't necessarily see them in the WWE or AEW. I can see Vincent touring the Indies. I can see Vincent going to MLW. Um, I know he did some shots for XPW, so I could see him doing that. Um, Matt Taven. This is no disrespect to Matt Taven. But I've never seen in Matt Taven what some of these companies see in Matt Taven. I've never seen Matt Taven as a world heavyweight champion contender. I've never seen Matt Taven as the guy of a company. And, you know, he's a former Ring of Honor champion. Obviously, Impact Wrestling thinks a lot of him. I just never saw it. Like, one, he's a good wrestler. His fucking catchphrase, though, is I'm Matt Taven. You know, before commercial break, I went into a whole rant about lack of creativity from AEW. If your catchphrase is your name, that is a lot of, you know, lack of creativity. If your catchphrase is I'm Matt Taven and you're calling fucking fans Melvins, like he never did it for me. Mike Bennett, on the other hand, Mike Bennett and Maria, I always was a big fan of them. I'd rather see Mike Bennett and Maria and Matt Saban go to New Japan. They're former IWGP Tag Team Champions with Chaos. I think that they always fit well in New Japan. I would like to see them back in New Japan. I don't see neither of them going to the WWE. I could see Maria going to AEW and helping out with the women's division with Tony Khan. That's where she was before Ring of Honor was bought. She was helping out with the women's division in Ring of Honor. So that could be a possibility. And maybe they go to Ring of Honor. Who knows? But nonetheless, a lot of talent's leaving the company. And it's, it's sad to see because you have such a crop of talent in the company. And you have so many cool storylines, so many cool things that they're doing. But, you know, every couple months you have a bunch of big names leaving the company. A couple months ago, it was the Good Brothers. Um, it's sad because it's hard to really book long, long term in Impact Wrestling when you have so many names coming in and out. That's the only thing. I think that the two things Impact Wrestling needs to do to really go to that next level again is start running bigger shows in bigger venues because they said that the Bound for Glory show, there was such a huge turnaway crowd that they could have did another like thousand seats. That's a big deal. Why not do a bigger venue? They've had consistently amazing pay-per-views every single month. I think that it's time that you start to test the waters and see, hey, what, what would happen if we do a bigger venue? And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But how would you know unless you try? So that would be a one way to start, you know, taking it to the next level. And then I think the second way to take it to the next level, if I'm Impact Wrestling, is simply make sure you could keep people under contract. Because too often are you, like I said, too often are you bringing in big names and losing big names. And it's like, it's hard to really book long, long term when you're losing so many big name talents. But nonetheless, like I said, this was a great show. We had the singles in-ring return of Matt Cardona, Mr. Always Ready on this. Uh, he went against uh, Upinder Singh. Uh, I like the fact that he is teaming back up with uh, Ryan Myers. I always liked him as a team. That's really cool. 
And before Deanna Perazu goes away, it seems like she's going to have one more match with Mickey James. And that's going to be a great matchup because they always put on great matches. Um, yeah, I, I love the X Division six way matchup where Trey Miguel became the number one contender by beating a bunch of talent. He beat uh, Black Taurus and Laredo Kid. I think Kenny King was in that match as well. Great matchup. The X Division's always been a staple of Impact Wrestling and it's always been must watch for, in my opinion. Let's see what Tim King says here. He says, I fear them losing all that talent, but I guess that. I guess the honor no more thing had a nice run and they could move on from there. I agree, but I, I, I always saw, like, I always thought honor no more would run his course and then they would like, I guess, separate and do their own things within impact wrestling. It's, it's just a shame because like I said, it's hard to really book long-term when you have so many talents coming in and out. And it's, that's the only thing that hurts the company. And I could see them, you know, relying on a guy like Bully Ray because Bully Ray is not a guy who's going to get another WWE title shot or not title shot, but WWE run. So I could see them saying, hey, if we bring back some of these older names, we could rely on them sticking around. But I don't know. Nonetheless, though, even with talent coming in and out, Impact Wrestling has found a way to stay consistently good for the last couple of years where... It's one of the best kept secrets in wrestling. You know, people think that, oh, well, after TNA died, TNA is not dead. Impact Wrestling is not dead. It's alive and well, and it's got amazing talent and puts on an amazing show every time I watch. And it's a shame that there's not many people talking about Impact Wrestling. I feel like they need to get themselves more press. They need to get out there more. They need to market themselves more because they have a hell of a product but it's like if you have a great show that people aren't watching, it's not really going to you know do much. Like you have to get out there. That's what I'm saying. Bigger arenas, that would be a huge thing. I know Access TV is in many households in America, but I would love to see Impact Wrestling get on a better network, a network that's more accessible. And you know, for those who don't have Access TV, I always tell people. Pay the dollar a month to their YouTube subscription service because on YouTube for a dollar a month, you could watch this show live pretty much. It's like 30 minutes delayed. So they go on live at eight o'clock on a uh, access on YouTube. The show starts at eight 30. So you don't have to wait long. It's not like you have to wait days before you can see the show. It's worth it. This company is worth making the investment for because they are so consistent, put on great shows week in and week out and pay-per-views are always bangers. So big shout out to Impact Wrestling, man. I, I really want to see them continue to prosper because I always say it. In the early 2000s, I started to fall out of love a little bit with professional wrestling until I discovered TNA in the asylum. And then it was TNA on Spike TV that really made me a fan again. That feud between AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, and Christopher Daniels. Kurt Angle coming in, Christian Cage coming in, Sting coming in. Like... The early TNA was what made me a fan of, uh, not a fan, but a fan again of professional wrestling, made me fall back in love with professional wrestling. So I never want to see this company go away, but it's like, I really want to see them take that next step to be out there more, to get their fucking company out of in front of more eyes and put their shows into bigger venues because they have the crowd to do it. Like if you're turning away up to a thousand people at the door at Bound for Glory, like, you could have did a bigger venue. You know what I mean? It's like they need to take the risk. I feel like they're scared to take that risk. But 
it is what it is. Nonetheless, whether they're fighting in front of 10,000 people or 10 people, they put on an amazing show and I'll be tuning in every single week. And I'm glad that I have a little segment here every Friday to talk about Impact Wrestling because I feel like more people need to talk about Impact Wrestling. It's too good to be a secret. You know what I mean? It's too good not to be talked about. But ladies and gentlemen, something that a lot of people are talking about is SmackDown. Because in less than, I'd say, less than 40 minutes, SmackDown will be on the air. And we have a hell of a show because Bray Wyatt is going to be on SmackDown. Not only that, but we are also going to be getting a huge four-way number one contender matchup between Sheamus, uh, Solo Sokoa, Karrion Cross, and Ricochet. That's going to be a fucking banger. We also have Sami Zayn versus Kofi Kingston on the show. That's going to be a banger. This SmackDown looks Stacked. Super stacked. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. I'm so excited for SmackDown. Dude, it's going to be fucking insane. And then after SmackDown, we have a pretty stacked live episode of AEW Rampage. Let me see. That's not the card. We're No, I haven't had the card up here for Rampage. Uh Right here, AEW Rampage looks super stacked too. We got FTR and Sean Spears versus Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. John Moxley and Claudio versus Butcher and the Blade. That's the one I'm looking forward to. And then you got the match between Nyla Rose and Anna Jay, which I feel is fucking stupid. How do you steal a title and then defend the title? But whatever. Anyway, this is going to be a great night for professional wrestling. So tune in to an amazing SmackDown and a great AEW Rampage after it. Tim King says, De Niro, do you think early AEW is similar to the early TNA? Great matches, original homegrown talent, big names coming in. There's some similarities. There's definitely similarities, actually. I just feel like for the early part of TNA, before Hulk Hogan, TNA definitely knew that they were the alternative and they tried to be an alternative. Where, you know, they had the six-sided ring, a lot of emphasis on the X Division. But you have AEW coming from the jump coming for WWE's throats. And that's the problem. I think that when TNA started to do that, when Hogan came in in 2010, that was the downfall. When they stopped being an alternative and tried to be a competitor, that was the downfall. 
And I feel like AEW is making that same mistake because they've been doing that shit since they fucking came on the air. So I always say, if you're looking at number one, you're too busy worrying about what someone else is doing and you're not worried about what you're doing. Stop looking at who's in front of you and just worry about who is with you at the moment. I always say, if you just worry about running your own race, you'll go a lot further if you're just focused on yourself and your own goals that you set than fucking worrying about competing with somebody else. That's how I see it. And that's the big problem. I think there's similarities with TNA, but not the good part of TNA. The fucking 2010 Hulk Hogan TNA where they're like, oh, Vince McMahon, we're coming for you, brother. We're coming on Monday nights, brother. Fuck that. Just run your race. Because when TNA was an alternative, TNA was an alternative. It was a completely different product. AEW, on the other hand, is like, well, we'll fucking hire everybody that, you know, WWE releases and we'll try to fucking talk shit about them and we'll try to compete with them. And you have Tony Khan saying that he's a, uh, what was the term used on Ariel Hawani's uh, show? That he's a disrupt, a competitive disruptor or some shit like that? Like, that's, come on, man. Like, you should be running your own race. That's all I could say about that. So pumped for SmackDown and Rampage tonight, but especially for SmackDown and Bray's return and the Fatal 4-Way. Bray's return has got me fucking hype. I can't wait to see where they go with this. If we see some reveal of the Wyatt Six, if we just have him come out and fucking, you know, Bray Wyatt at this moment would get me fucking excited and I'll have fucking goosebumps all over me if that motherfucker just goes into the ring, shows his fucking lantern and walks out and doesn't say shit. I'm gonna be like, oh my God, thank you, Bray. Because right now they got me so intrigued with the way they fucking are handling the Bray Wyatt character. And what up, Dom from Top Rope Wrestling Talk? I appreciate you being here. Says, I'm watching, fam. Don't be surprised if the kingdom shows up on Dynamite. That'll be interesting. Like I said, I could see them working with Ring of Honor because I know Maria was an integral part of the Ring of Honor uh, women's division before Tony Khan bought it. But we'll see what happens. I mean, if they show up on AEW, I think that's cool. Good comparison. Great show tonight, brother. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for everybody who's over here today. Shout out Clark Street. Acknowledge him. Yo, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what's going on tonight, especially with Roman Reigns and the Bloodline and the Wyatts. It's going to be awesome, man. Uh, he said, Devin says, I'm cool with the, the slow burn of the Wyatt Six. I agree with that, too. We talked about it last night on Circle Debate. If we don't reveal everyone for the Wyatt Six, if it's a long burn, that's cool with me. As long as they keep the shit interesting and compelling, you don't need to just jump into a feud with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt doesn't have to feud with anybody for like the next month or so. He could just come out and start recruiting. He could come out and just be watching wrestlers. You could see that would be intriguing to me. Like if you have a match going on, you've got Bray Wyatt on the fucking rocking chair, just watching wrestlers and just like recruiting in his mind. You don't have to just jump into, oh, well, Bray's going after Roman or Bray's going after Drew. Bray's going after Karrion. Like have this shit slow build because I think that you have all the makings of a great story here. So why rush it? I totally agree there with uh, Clark Street. But yeah, that's it for tonight. For me, uh, we will be back here on this channel in a couple hours because at 11 o'clock Eastern, we got Circle of Debate Top 5 where we'll, we'll be talking about the top five Kane moments of all time. Um, check that out. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod and on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Subscribe to the Circle Debate. I appreciate everybody in the chats. Shout out to Tim King. Shout out to Devin from Clark Street. Shout out to Don from Top Rope Wrestling Talk. Make sure you subscribe to all those channels and all just fucking support great podcasts. Like I could go up and down the line of great podcasts. Just support great podcasts, support wrestling podcasts, support wrestling. 
like Dom always says, if it's not your cup of tea, let somebody else drink it. Like that's that's a perfect saying, and I couldn't agree more. But definitely hit that subscribe button. I love you guys, and I'll be back here in a couple hours with the circle of debate for top five. So check me out then. I will catch you guys in about two and a half hours. So catch you guys later. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take your business to the next level. Shopify is the commerce platform that makes it easy to show up and sell exactly the way you want to. No need to code or design. Sign up for your $1 per month trial period today. Visit shopify.com slash offer 23 to get started. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity.